Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. Of all these opinions, this is the one that continues to blindside me, dumbfound me, gobsmack me, thunderstruck me. Just blasphemy. Absolute blasphemy. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! This is the Overreaction Podcast. I am Chase, and for the first time, we will not have Cody Smith with me. Uh, unfortunately, he was a game-time decision. He is banged up and out this week, much right like the uh, rest of the NFL. The Overreaction Podcast could not avoid the injury bug. In fact, I'm also banged up here. I'm out here playing like Derek Carr. Hopefully, this show um, I do not perform like Derek Carr. So uh, that is going to be the one thing we are going to try and avoid. But we are going to break down the week 14 slate, uh, kind of talk about some of the injuries that have happened, look into who has been stepping up in place of those injuries, because a lot of us have had trade deadlines pass. So if those trade deadlines have passed, maybe there's waiver opportunities for us to pick up some players. Maybe there are the opportunities for trades to still happen um, with the Week 15 playoff structure, sometimes we have leagues that will have that uh, trade deadline actually go into this week. If that's the case, we'll have some trade scenarios. If you do not have a trade deadline, lucky, that's what we suggest is do not have a have a, a trade deadline. So if you have some of those uh, leagues that do not have trade deadlines, we'll dive into some players that we might be able to pivot from um, or even look at acquiring at a, at a different price so that we can Go out here and win some championships. That's this time of year. It is championship season. So let's dive into the week 14 slate. We're going to break down the the, the games week or game by game and discuss the injuries as they come up. So we got to start with Thursday night football. Now, normally these Thursday night games have not been that great. This one on paper looked like it was trending that way as well. We had a battle of backup quarterbacks with Bailey Zappi and Mitch Trubisky. Ramondre's banged up, so we were just going to get a, a bunch of Zeke not really knowing what he was going to be and what that volume was going to look like. And and then a, a ragtag bunch of receivers, of course, for New England. Not, nothing too too spectacular going on there. However, Juju did do his thing against his old team. He had four catches for 90 yards on six targets. But the big story here has got to be Zeke Elliott. His 22 touches on the ground. It was only for 68 yards, and I get that. But the volume is absolutely there for him to be productive. No one else ran the ball other than Zeke Elliott. I mean, Bailey Zappi, of course, he had three carries for 13 yards. But this 
was the Zeke Elliott show. He also led the team in targets. And this is where the value really comes in. Seven catches, 72 yards. Bailey Zappi was constantly looking at him in the check down game. Um, just finding a way to get Zeke the ball in open space over the middle. And that's exactly what happened. So Zeke Elliott is one of those guys. If you have the opportunity to go buy him, do it. If, if you're in a league that still has the trade window open, find a way to get Zeke on your roster, especially if you're in a start 10 or 11 uh, or, or more where, you know, you can ac acquire some points on the relatively cheap. This is the guy to target. Absolutely. The guy to target Bailey Zappi had a, a good game. He had a really good first half. He did go 19 for 28 for 240 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. All of those touchdowns were in the first half, one to Zeke, of course, and then the other two were to Hunter Henry, uh, who, who had some really nice grabs as well. He had three catches for 40 yards and two touchdowns. This was the, the, the finally the Hunter Henry game that we saw early on, and I'm sure he'll disappear down the stretch yet again. Um, on the flip side here, we did have Mitch Trubisky. Don't really know what to make of this. He had 22 completions on 35 attempts, 190 yards, touchdown a pick he did have a rushing touchdown as well led sadly sadly led the team in rushing with uh 30 yards with Najee at 29 and Jalen Warren taking his seven carries for 11 yards so it was not a very good uh I mean as a whole this offense just it wasn't it it just wasn't it Deontay Johnson had three catches for 57 yards and a touchdown that saved his fantasy week Jalen Warren was next on the list with four catches and 29 yards at this point, I, I don't really want anyone in this offense. Uh, I, I do know that the Patriots typically play and try to take something away from the other team. Right now, the Steelers just don't have a whole lot going on. So you take away one thing and that's a wrap. Uh, no running game at all for this team. They do face the Colts, the Bengals, and uh, the Seahawks for the playoff run. All competitive teams, seven and six, seven and six, six and seven. So these are all teams, you know, fighting it out for a playoff spot. Bengals, of course, have a backup quarterback of their own. I mean, shoot, this week the, the Seahawks had a backup quarterback, which we'll get into in a little bit here. But the the Steelers are at that point now where it's kind of can you survive the season? Uh, it doesn't look like they're going to be doing a whole lot. Not a whole lot of hope for for players in this offense as a whole. So it's just someone, a team I'm avoiding at all costs. A team I'm absolutely avoiding at all costs. And then again, on the flip side of with the Patriots, Zeke's really the only one. Like, yes, if you have Zappy, that sounds wonderful. If you're in best ball, sure. You know, Mitch Trubisky is rosterable, of course. Same thing with Bailey Zappy. I have no true interest in going out and like spending capital to go get them unless I am so desperate for quarterback that I truly have no other option. If I am so desperate for quarterback, I will go out there and try and, and do anything I can to get one of these two guys. But I'm not spending a whole lot of capital. I'm not giving up anything significant. I'm not going to be that desperate for one of these two, for sure. So that is going to be our Thursday night recap. So we'll get into the Sunday slate here, and we will kick things off with the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Atlanta Falcons, which was an absolute, Awesome. I will say, if you are a Mike Evans owner, you may not feel that way. But for the rest of this team, it was a very fun game to watch. You had a lot of super impactful fantasy performances on both sides of the football. We're going to kick things off with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and look at what happened in on that side of the ball. Uh, it was the same old story. You know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Trey Palmer were the, the three wide receivers. 
Kate Otten doing his thing from from the tight end position and another really good performance from Rashad White. This was a guy that got written off in the offseason. I, I was one to fully admitting it that Rashad White was not someone I was investing in. His passing game work is still there. Uh, he, he is the workhorse in that backfield. There is no Sean Tucker taking things away from him. Chase Edmonds is back there. I mean, at this point, this is 100% his backfield. Going forward and beyond this year, no clue how that's going to look. But right now, Rashad White's a top eight running back. He he had 25 carries, 102 yards. He only got two targets in this game, but he was second on the team in receiving with two catches for 33 yards and a receiving touchdown. So you're getting what you 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 wanted out of Rashad White. He was a, a very happy surprise for those Rashad White owners. Super excited for him. Mike Evans is going to have better days ahead. This one doesn't really worry me. One catch for eight yards, as I mentioned. With what? What they have coming up here, just kind of looking at the schedule ahead, especially as we have the playoffs, you do have the Green Bay Packers, who Jair Alexander has been banged up. You have the Jaguars and the Saints. And Mike Evans is going to have some very good games. He's going to to come back from this performance. I'm not worried one bit. If you have him, start him in your lineup leagues. If he's in best ball, great. He's going to pop when he when he pops. Chris Godwin, on the other hand, he did lead the team in targets in this one with 11, with five catches, 53 yards. As a whole, the the passing game wasn't there. Only 144 total yards uh, passing for Baker Mayfield with those two touchdowns. That's pretty much going to wrap it up. Not super exciting other than Rashad White for, for Tampa, even though they did find a way to win this game. So good on them. Divisional matchup. Now they're 6-7, and seven, tied with the Falcons still in the in the hunt there and uh, making this competitive on the flip side of the ball this is really where things got fun this was this is Kyle Pitts's I want to say like breakout per se but he did have the highest snap share of the season and it wasn't even close he actually led the team in snaps other than Desmond Ritter he was out there 61 snaps to Drake uh, Drake London's 56 and he also ran 41 routes to Drake London's 37. So those were the two highest on the team. It was Kyle Pitts's show, even though Drake London stole it. He had 11 targets to Kyle Pitts's six. They both went out there and, and did the damn thing. Drake London, 10 catches on those 11 targets, 172 yards. This is a game that everyone had hoped for and has been waiting for from Drake London. It was so, so nice to see Desmond Ritter. Actually had a very good game. He was 26 for 40, 347 yards, one touchdown, one pick. It was a it was a good game. It was a good game from that Falcons passing game. Kyle Pitts had three for 57 and a touchdown. Everyone that's talking about Arthur Smith saying that this guy won't use his weapons. He found a way to use his weapons. I mean, Bijan, the, the ground game was not going. So we had Algier with nine for 40, Bijan 10 for 34. Bijan did have five catches for 54 yards out of the backfield. So that was where it was at. This this team passed for forty to, you know passed forty times. This is not what you typically see out of the Atlanta Falcons. So we'll take this game for what it's worth. Going down the stretch here, they are going to have the Panthers up next. Great matchup for playoff perform you know per, for playoff purposes. The Panthers defense is actually better than than advertised, just because that team is so bad. But take that for what it's worth. They then have the Falcons, or sorry, the Falcons, the Colts at home, and then they go on the road to the Bears for the fantasy football championship. So 
Falcons are going to be players you want to have going down the stretch here. Good matchups. We'll see what the you know passing to rushing ratio looks like going forward. But this was a, a very good performance to see. Something very nice to see out of the Atlanta Falcons. Something different than what we are used to. So this was a lot of fun for, I guess, NFC South fans, Drake London fans, Kyle Fit, Kyle Pitts truthers. Everyone out there had a good one. And that'll wrap us up for that matchup. We'll now dive into the Baltimore Ravens and the LA Rams and another very fun game to, to watch as well. So kicking things off here with the Baltimore Ravens, looking at the snaps, Zay Flowers led the receivers in snaps and routes run with 54 and 11 targets. Odell Beckham had himself quite a nice game as well. Looking at his nine targets on 32 routes run, very efficient when he was out there running routes, he was he was getting targeted. So that's what you wanted to see. Don't know if this was more of a revenge game against LA or if it was going to be something we're going to consistently see going forward, but it was a nice game out of Odell to say the least. His four catches for 97 yards and a touchdown did lead the team in receiving. Zay Flowers, as I mentioned, led the team in targets. He was second on this team. He did have the, uh, I guess, go-ahead touchdown in the final minute with his six catches and 60 yards. Isaiah likely also got very involved in this one. He had five for 83 and his touchdown. Uh, very, very good performance from the pass we- pass-catching weapons in this one. The running game was a little bit different. Gus Edwards only had six carries for 15 yards. Keaton Mitchell with nine for 54. This was more of a Lamar game with his 11 for 70. And Lamar also in the passing game was 24 for 43, 316 yards, three touchdowns, and one pick. So this is what you wanted to see out of Lamar. All of us Lamar owners going down the stretch here. Super excited to see that. A nice 37-31 win over the Rams in overtime on that on Tylen Wallace return. So great, great. You know, great game, another entertaining one. Super exciting to see the Ravens down the stretch here. They're now 10 and 3. They do have a good matchup next week going against the Jaguars. But as you wrap things up, they do have the go on the road to the 49ers on a Monday night football game. That will be a lot of fun, week 16. And then week 17, they are at home against the Miami Dolphins. So very, very impactful games for the Ravens down the stretch here. Hopefully they can get themselves a nice win against the Jaguars and kind of look ahead to the Niners and the Dolphins as they wrap up, you know, our fantasy season. I, I want Zay Flowers. It's it's tough to start some of these guys. I think Isaiah likely, especially if you're streaming tight end or you have uh, you played the zero tight end rule. If you have Isaiah likely, you're absolutely starting him. Super you know stoked to have him on your fantasy teams for best ball purposes because he is going to get targets going down the stretch here. Absolutely love what we're seeing out of this game, out of this team. I would like to see more out of the running game. I am a little biased, but it was, it was nice to see Keaton Mitchell's involvement. Uh, Gus Edwards is a guy that I still think will have a significant role going forward. When you really look at the running back snap shares, it was kind of split across the board, which was a little bit different for this team. Gus Edwards had 20 snaps, Keaton Mitchell 25, Justice Hill 29, actually leading the team and snaps. And when you look at the routes run side, Justice Hill had 20 routes run, Keaton Mitchell nine, Gus Edwards 11. And then when you really break down the carries, it was nine to six, as I mentioned, for Keaton Mitchell. So Gus Edwards really took a backseat in this one. We'll see if that actually continues going forward. Tough to really start some of these guys. You know, Keaton Mitchell, love to have him in best ball, going to be super inconsistent with the touches and the workload. Gus Edwards had a consistent workload up until this week. So we'll 
it, it is a situation to monitor. I'm not overly concerned. I'm not overly concerned for Gus. If you have him and you were relying on him or, or hoping to plug him into some of your lineups, he's definitely not going to be a, a weak winner for you. Um, he could be a weak, I guess he could be a weak winner or a weak loser really is how you want to look at it. He he could go out there and have a performance like he did this past week and, and just absolutely goose egg for you. Or he could have his 18 carries for 80 yards and two touchdowns and, and, you know, carry a running back position you didn't anticipate. So that is really what we will, will want to monitor with this Baltimore Ravens team. On the flip side, we did see the LA Rams have a very nice offensive performance. Uh, Kyron Williams, I just want to start there. I want to say he's the real deal. Like he, he's been doing what he's done this entire season. He did get banged up with some of this workload, but he had 25 carries, 114 yards, and, and then he did get involved in the pass game with four targets. Didn't really do anything with those targets. Did have three catches for negative one yards, but he's the guy. Outside of that, Royce Freeman, three for nine. Puka got a carry on a you know one for six. So this is his backfield this year. And I, I know people are pining for him to be, to get replaced next year or thinking that he's uh, a replaceable running back. And, and maybe he is, but in the end, this was a guy that has the chops to, to stay in there on third downs to pass protect very well. And you don't just go out there and do what you've been doing all season and just kind of discount that. Will they bring in a running back? Absolutely. I don't think he's someone that's going to get replaced. Kyron Williams it would be one that if you have some worried Kyron owners this offseason, maybe you buy it. Maybe you wait till the draft comes and and you see the the Rams do draft some running backs in the third or fourth round. And it's looking like Kyron's like out the door or they're they're worried he's going to get buried. Allah's, you know, Zach Charbonnet. That's going to be your window to go buy yourself some Kyron Williams. So uh, just kind of keep keep a note on those owners this offseason. See exactly what what they're where their heads at and and what they're doing. But Kyron Williams is someone I'd want to own. You want pieces of this offense. That's just the bottom line. Anytime uh, anytime Sean McVay is involved, you want to have pieces of this offense. The receiving game, we did see a, a very nice performance from Cooper Cup. Well, a little bit worried about him coming in. He did have eight catches for 115 yards and a touchdown on his 10 targets. Puka Nakua had five for 84 on eight targets. Both of those guys are are incredible. Uh, Love both of these wide receivers. I I hope for the best for Cooper Cup going forward as he continues to age. But we're definitely seeing Puka Nakua and his resurgence or his, you know, uh, standout games week in and week out and his ability to do it at the highest level. This guy is not going anywhere. People that were worried about him or still potentially have concerns, fine. If that's if that's how you want to play this, but Puka Nakua is very good at the football, so uh, he's someone you absolutely want to have in your rosters. Can't really acquire him at this point. Demarcus Robinson got involved. He actually had ten targets, three catches for forty six yards and a touchdown. Wasn't sexy, but at, in the end, uh, he's getting targets. He's getting involved in the pass game. We'll see if that volume continues or that that level of uh participation in this offense continues but in best ball leagues love to have him don't really want to start him do not want to start him in lineup leagues if i'm starting to marcus robinson it better be like a start 16 or 17 or i'm in a lot of trouble for the fantasy playoffs we will want to monitor tutu atwell going forward as well he is in the concussion protocol see if he is back that will definitely impact Demarcus Robinson as well. 
Hunter Long's health is a concern as well. He left this one with a knee injury. That's what resulted in, in Davis Allen getting involved for his four catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown. He might be a waiver wire ad this week as well, uh, pending what is actually going on with some of these health situations. So uh, some potential waiver wire targets to, to monitor and look at. But I think that pretty much wraps up this Rams and Baltimore game. Let's dive into the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears. So the Chicago Bears in this one, you know, it's one of those things I just really, I just don't really know what to do with with Justin Fields sometimes like this, this bears team, they aren't that great, but they go out there. They do end up winning a game in the cold against the Detroit lions. And this Detroit lions team is a playoff contender, but they just cannot play in the cold. Jared Goff did not look very good. Uh, but on the flip side, Justin Fields, he had a good fantasy performance. It just really wasn't. It was still Justin Fields 19 for 33. 233 yards. He had a touchdown on the ground is really where he did his damage. 12 carries 58 yards, another touchdown where he's going to keep giving people hope. He's going to, you hope for any of you, Justin Fields managers, you hope that he gives you more hope down this playoff stretch for the fantasy football championships. Uh, just so you have an opportunity to sell him because there is so much uncertainty around Justin Fields. Uh, second on this team in rushing was Donta Foreman with 11 for 50. The receiving side of things, DJ Moore, 6 for 68 and a touchdown. Cole Komet, 5 for 66 on his seven targets. Darnell Mooney got involved with seven targets, only had two catches for 44 yards. But again, when, when your quarterback's throwing for 230 or 223 yards, this is kind of what you get. Now, it was a little bit interesting to see, you know, Donta Foreman uh, leading the backfield in, uh, in, in, rush attempts and really kind of just overtaking in general over Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert had three carries for eight yards. Roshan Johnson, one carry for six yards. So very interesting because this is the first time since week one that Foreman, Khalil Herbert, and Roshan Johnson were all healthy and active to start and in a game. So they were they were all healthy when they went in, healthy when they left, and this was a Donta Foreman backfield. So Take that for what it is. If you still have and rostered onto Foreman in, in some best ball leagues, you're just going to take advantage of whatever whatever you do get. But uh, it was very nice to see for those Donta Foreman owners. He also got involved in the pass catching game with three catches or sorry, three targets, two catches, and 22 yards. Very very interesting situation to monitor. I don't know if they're just going to ride the hot hand. We'll see what the situation you know uh, does going forward. But right now, this is Donta Foreman's backfield. Um, if you have to start him, you probably don't feel great about it. But again, if you're in deep leagues, you're looking for points. Donta Foreman could be a guy that gives you just that. Not really much else to get into on the Chicago side of things. Now, when we get into the Detroit Lions, again, as I mentioned, Derek Goff did not have a great performance at all. 20 for 35, 161 with one touchdown and two picks. Jameer Gibbs led this backfield, I guess it was tied with David Montgomery. Both had uh, 10 and 11 carries respectively, 66 yards each. Jameer Gibbs ended up with the touchdown. And then in the pass catching game, again, when you only have 161 yards passing for, as a team, you're not going to be too excited about this. Josh Reynolds, three for 44. Sam Laporta, two for 23. Amon Ra, three for 21. Monty, three for 19. Just underwhelming performances across the board. 
But again, this was a game in the cold. Jared Goff doesn't play well in the cold. Jay Rich talked about this game as being kind of a, a trap game, so to speak, where uh, the Detroit Lions were bound to lose. Having said that, Detroit does play indoors the rest of the way. They actually host the Broncos next week. The week after, they go on the road to the Vikings, and then they do go on the road to the Dallas Cowboys for a Week 17 showdown. Not a not a not an exciting one for for those Detroit uh, managers when you have Gibbs, Monty, and and Amon Ra for your fantasy playoffs. When you think about the Cowboys, but it's doable. Cowboys have 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 allowed some points to some teams. This is something that we could see happen again. Detroit typically shows up in those types of uh, in types of games as well, but this one was just not it. Not overly concerned about anything at all here. It is what it is. You just chalk it up, you move on, and you just hope for the best next week when they get themselves back inside and they can stay warm. So uh, that pretty much wraps that one up as well. We'll get into the Indianapolis Colts and the Cincinnati Bengals next. With this one, we, we, we had a lot happening here. We had, again, backup quarterback. Backup quarterback went down. Browning came back in. Like Lots of really interesting things for fantasy purposes, but it seems like Browning is going to be okay. But looking at this game as a whole, it was, I mean, it's kind of what you expect out of backup QB uh, matchup again with Minshew against Browning here. Browning was 18 for 24 for 275 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. As I mentioned, AJ McCarron came in for, for a one completion for negative one yard. So that was pretty much it from, from them. But uh, we got to see the running backs get involved. Joe Mixon had 21 carries, 79 yards and a touchdown. Chase Brown had eight carries and 25 yards. And then in the receiving game, he had a, a nice 54 yarder, uh, but he had three catches for 80 yards and a touchdown as well. And uh, one of the stats that I just saw, or I saw earlier tonight that Scott posted is, he had the second highest, you know, clocked miles per hour besides DK Metcalf this year um, at over 22 miles an hour. So absolutely burning it out there running faster than Tyreek and Devon Achan. So uh, good for Chase Brown to get involved in this mix. Good for Joe Mixon owners seeing some usage and some involvement. That's how this team is going to win down the stretches, utilizing that running game, utilizing those running backs. It's going to open things up for the pass game. Um, again, 275 yards. Good enough. Chase Brown taking 82. T. Higgins had 72 yards on two catches. Uh, Mixon had another three for 46 with that one as well. Jamar Chase had three for 29. So not not a really great day. Uh, not a really great day for for Jamar Chase. Unfortunately, it is what it is. Like this is what you're dealing with when you're dealing with backup quarterbacks. These weapons are going to be impacted week in and week out. Is is Jamar Chase good enough to overcome the situation? Absolutely. We'll see him get his 10 to 12 target games and an absolutely feast. But these games are also in the realm of outcome where he's going to have 30 yards catching. Uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. They they did blow off or blow out the uh, the Indianapolis Colts here, 34 to 14. On the flip side of the ball, Gardner Minshew was 26 for 39. He had 240 yards passing for one touchdown, one pick. Run game was non-existent. All those Zach Moss uh truthers out there enjoying his early run thinking he was going to be an rb1 immediately right off of the rip 13 carries 28 yards not great trey sermon got a little involved three carries for 13 
Receiving, though, Michael Pittman still getting 11 targets, eight receptions, 95 yards. The rest of it was pretty evenly distributed. We did see Will Mallory get his five targets, caught all of those for 46 additional yards. Uh, he was second on the team in receiving. So this is kind of what you expect when when you have the Colts get uh, get blown blown out. Michael Pittman still out there doing the damn thing. Absolutely love Michael Pittman. He was one of my most acquired assets this offseason. Still love to have him. Traded him away for Justin Herbert in a package, of course, This uh, just before this week's games. And I'm sure you can imagine how I feel right now trying to acquire a quarterback. And that one shot me in the foot. But it is what it is. Um, yes, Michael Pittman, still someone you want to own going into the offseason. Highly, highly valuable dynasty asset. And I think that will only continue once we see Anthony Richardson back in this offense. This next matchup here was the Cleveland Browns and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And now while we thought going into this game, we're going to see a battle of backup quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence did go out and play. Very excited. We saw him have a few scrambles and and, and runs. Looked like Trevor Lawrence. So that was kind of what we we could expect and and kind of happy to, to see that out of him. On the other side of the ball, this is really where I want to look because Joe Flacco went out he is he is now the starter for the rest of the season after beating the Jags 31-27 and uh Flacco went 26 for 45 311 yards three touchdowns one pick hey man if Joe Flacco's arm doesn't fall off this defense is good enough to win some football games we've seen we've seen bad quarterback play make it to the playoffs and, and make a decent run if you can game manage it and and Flacco is is doing that and some David Njoku getting very involved, had his second highest receiving yard total in his career with 91 yards on six catches. He also had a career high two touchdowns in this game. So David Njoku owners, I'm sure you didn't start him. Uh, Maybe you did, (laughs) but you you have your Njoku shares out there. Very excited, very pumped for that best ball. Absolutely love to see him uh, jumping into the lineup there. The run game, a little, little more, you know, inconsistent we had jerome four with 12 for 51 kareem hunt 10 for 27 uh this is going to be something to to monitor going forward as well i know uh, jerome ford was a little banged up he did come back in but it seems like jerome ford is going to you know continue to split work with kareem hunt and then kareem hunt also got involved in in the past game as did as did jerome ford so five for 31 for ford one for three for for kareem hunt I still want to have Jerome Ford. I think he's the the running back you want uh, if healthy and, and Kareem hunt is just going to fall into the end zone from time to time. And you get super excited, but uh, the receivers in this game, again, David and Joku led the team. Amari Cooper at seven for 77. David bell finally had a, a touchdown here. He had one catch 41 yards and a touchdown. Lots of involvement. We saw Cedric Tillman get to get a little run as well. No one I'm super excited about other than Amari Cooper and David Njoku in that pass catching role. Uh, Elijah Moore did get six targets as as did Jerome Ford, so the, uh, those pieces are are of interest. But Joe Flacco down the stretch here is is somebody I'm very interested in. He, he's going to be cheap to acquire. Uh, he has the Browns, or sorry, the Bears next week. Geez, then he goes on the road to the Texans, and then Week 17 we have a battle of Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco. Jets against the Browns on Thursday night football. So, you know, that's going to be awful Uh, week 17. I don't mind the matchups leading up to that Jets game. Uh, Thursday night football 
against the Jets. I mean, hey, who knows? Maybe he's going to go out there and, and try and, and try and do the thing. But very, very uh, concerning championship run. But hey, for the, the the cost to acquire Joe Flacco, if you do need quarterback help, I do not mind acquiring him. Trying to get you know Jake Browning as well. Uh, there's a few others we'll get into as far as like whether or not we're interested in acquiring them or not. But again, you, you can't get any cheaper and you can't get any more production than what you're seeing from Joe Flacco since he is going to be a rental. On the flip side of the ball, we did have the Jags lose this one. Uh, Trevor Lawrence definitely wasn't healthy. I mean, you saw some runs out of him. There was definitely some. I mean, this was his, this was his Brett Favre type stuff again, where you see him go 28 for 50, 250 yards, three touchdowns, and three picks. Out here just just slinging the rock around, and it was okay for fantasy performances unless you uh, have some heavy negatives on those picks. But it was the rest of the the team that you really wanted to monitor. This is the first game without Christian Kirk. We had Evan Ingram lead this team with twelve tar with eleven catches, ninety five yards on twelve targets. Calvin Ridley had thirteen targets, only caught four balls for fifty three yards. Again, the, the the passing was not on point. Uh, Zay Jones had fourteen targets, five for twenty nine, and then in the run game we had Travis Etienne fourteen for thirty five. He did score a touchdown, so that was nice to see. And he also got four targets for thirty seven yards. And he caught all of those balls. So not overly concerned long term for the Jags. It's it's what you kind of expect when you have a banged up quarterback. Everyone thought that T Law should have sat this one out, just just waited out. You had a, a tough matchup against the Browns defense. You you just let it ride. You, you sit out one week, you come back against uh you have you know the Ravens next week, Buccaneers, Panthers, and Titans to finish it out for the season. You have a couple tough games coming out. So you, you sit this one out but he didn't so he's going up against the ravens next week that'll be a tough defense and you do have the bucks week 16 panthers week 17 so for your fantasy you know semifinals and championships you have some decent matchups that you can probably have some hope for if you have evan ingram right now you're probably in heaven 11 catches 95 yards you cannot ask for anything more than that uh, Evan Ingram was was just constantly getting open. You do want to see more production out of Calvin really, but when you're getting 13 targets, you'll take it. Yeah, those those 13 targets will eventually turn into more more receptions than the four for 53. I love this for the pass catchers: Zay Jones, Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, going to be very val- valuable fantasy assets down the stretch. And I want all of those pieces. I think Zay Jones and Best Ball is going to be great in lineup leagues. You know. If you have to start him, sure, again, deep formats. But uh, if, if you're going to be getting the volume like that, they're going to be throwing the ball 50 times. You want pieces of these pass catchers. You, you know now it's consolidated to, to Evan Ingram, Ridley, and Zay Jones. Parker Washington get in, did get involved, not to the extent people thought. He did end up with a touchdown, also a fumble. But it is going to be those primary three pass catchers and, of course, ETN out of the backfield. So um, that will pretty much wrap up that one getting into the Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints for another NFC South. Now, I, I say battle, but really it was just a battle till this game ended. You just wanted this game to end. It was a battle to watch it. Uh, Derek Carr came out. It, it was not pretty for him. Bryce Young, just awful. I mean, one of the 
there's a tweet out there showing like, like the QBR over the past like 10 years or whatever. And uh, Josh Rosen, he's down there with like Josh Rosen, Nick Mullins. Like there's, it's not company you want to keep. He's the second worst player in terms of QBR. Again, it is what it is in the history of the, of the NFL. So no, nothing to get too excited about with Bryce Young here. And then on the flip side, as I mentioned, Derek Carr, been banged up much like I am. And, uh, and he went out there and gritted through it. He was only 18 for 26, 119 yards passing for two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara led the team in rushing with 12 for 56. He also fell into the end zone. So Alvin Kamara owners were quite excited. Uh, but again, when you're passing for 119 total yards and of that 119, 44 yards came from an AT Perry grab. You can imagine what the rest of this team looked like. So uh, Olave did save his day, I guess, by scoring a touchdown, going four for 28 in a touchdown. Jimmy Graham also caught himself a touchdown, two for 16. The rest of it was really uninspiring. I mean, Al Alvin Kamara, geez, three catches, negative 11 yards on his five targets. This type of performance should not continue, but again, when you have a 28 to six game, just sloppy play across uh, across both sides of the ball, this is what you get. Nothing I'm really overly excited about. No one that I really want to go out and, and get. Again, 137 yards for, for Bryce Young. Uh, Adam Thielen did still lead the team with five catches, 74 yards. Again, if you can get Adam Thielen, this is he should have been a buy a long time ago. You take him for what he is, whatever points you can get out of him, you're excited. I will say Chuba Hubbard is someone I'm interested in, and and for a couple reasons, actually. Uh, this was a conversation that, that we had in the Discord um, on the Wednesday night AMA. So if you are not tapped in, make sure you are part of the Destination Debbie community. Go over to DestinationDebbie.com. Find a way to, to get into not only the website itself, because we have so many incredible tools, the Trinity Tracker, the war machine being able to help you improve your dynasty process. But if you can join the discord and you have the ability to be um, either in the DTI five tier or the Heisman tier, you're going to get access to some additional content that's not released anywhere else. So we had an AMA with Ray and myself. We had a question that came up about, about Chuba Hubbard and, and, and what you would be willing to sell him for or buy him for. And I get that this team is bad. I do. I really, really do. But, He's also going to be someone, Chuba Hubbard, 23 carries and 87 yards. He's also, he's not a zero in the pass game. It's not exactly electric either, but he did have two catches on two targets for nine yards. At least he has some catches. At least they're, they're looking at him. But truly, this is going to be his backfield. Miles Sanders actually got a little bit more involved in this one with 10 carries and 74 yards. But the reason why I'm interested in Chuba is he's considered the backup. Like he, that's how he was viewed coming into this year. It was Miles Sanders team, but in the end, this is a Chuba Hubbard backfield. And when you really look at the situation, not a whole lot is going to be changing for them. Could they draft someone? Absolutely. But Miles Sanders was just brought in. This is the first year of his three-year deal. Uh, Chuba Hubbard's still under contract. You know, they have Blackshear. I'm not sure if he's going to be back or not, but you basically have a, a role set up for yourself where they trust Chuba and what he can do in this offense. And I know there's going to be regime changes, things like that to to kind of take note of so that, you know, that may impact Chuba's value going forward. But he's also someone that you can bank on being on the team, getting carries, being involved in this offense. 
and for the price that you can probably acquire him for right now, like worst case scenario, you're sending out a back in second. Worst case scenario. If you're going through a playoff stretch, worst case, that's where you're at. But you can probably get him for a third, probably get him for two thirds. Like that is someone that is gettable and that will have value beyond this year. You know, these these playoff stretch trades that people make. You know, you you send off thirds, you send off maybe a late second to try and acquire a couple different pieces. Like th- this is the time to do it, and like we we do it with the intention of obviously having a playoff run and utilizing those points for that. That is all we really think about. But if you're looking at beyond this year, he's a guy that's going to have a role, even if they bring somebody in. Worst case, he's going to be the number two in this offense. Like the way that he operates and the and the way they've been using him. He is absolutely going to be involved on this team. And if that is the case, sending out two thirds or a late second, we'll go two thirds. Send out two thirds for for Chuba Hubbard, and you can get some value beyond this year. And again, another spot start running back opportunity for him uh, beyond this, uh, just beyond this season. That's the whole thing. Donta Foreman was one from last year. Like everyone went out and bought Donta Foreman. Y'all, everyone went out and bought Raheem Mostert. Oh, he's going to be dead at the end of the season. This is a wrap for for, for uh, Mostert. Oh, uh, look at that. They drafted Achan. He's he's gone. And look at look at what Raheem Mostert's doing this year. He's out there again, thirty one years old, leading this team in rushing. Like, yes, Devon Achan is very good, but the the bottom line is you have these types of players that are going to be involved in offenses that you can acquire and if you really think about beyond just right now like yes we want points now but are there players you can acquire that are going to potentially hold value or give you a bigger return next season so Truba Hubbard is one of those guys that I don't see going anywhere that I feel like will continue to get workload no matter what that is that is the, the end of that Two thirds. Go get yourself some Chuba Hubbard if you have the ability to, especially in best ball leagues. Those those types of things. Or if you're in a situation where you have zero RB and you need to acquire somebody, if you have no trade deadline or the trade deadline is still available, that is someone I am super interested in acquiring. So that will wrap up my my love for for Chuba Hubbard <laughs> beyond this year and my little rant on that one. We will get into our next matchup and we'll check out the. New York Jets, and the Houston Texans. Now, coming into this week, Zach Wilson was debating if he even wanted to start for this team. No one really knew like what, what was actually going to happen. He went out there, and he, I mean, Salah even said like he was shocked. Like he was surprised by this performance. And so I don't know what to make of Zach Wilson at this moment in time. He's definitely not the quarterback of the future, but he did go 27 for 36 for 301 yards and two touchdowns against this Houston Texans team. So uh, (laughs) speechless, just like the rest of that team was absolutely speechless that Zach Wilson went out and had a performance like that, beating the Texans 30 to six. They do have uh, kind of a tough go going forward. As I mentioned earlier, they do play the Dolphins next. Then they have the Commanders, which is a, a solid matchup. And then they have to go on the road and play the Cleveland Browns. So playoff-wise, you got like one matchup you're probably excited about with the Commanders. Maybe they can do something against the Dolphins. We, you know, we saw their performance Monday night. Um, they can give up some points and some yards. So definitely doable, but 
I just don't know that I want to really bank on Zach Wilson doing that. Um, if you are a Zach Wilson manager, if you picked him up off of waivers, if you've been holding him this entire time, uh, this might be your chance to move him. If this performance gave you hope, then uh, shame on you, I guess. I don't know. If you need the points again, hold him fine, whatever. But if you have the opportunity to to get off of Zach Wilson one last time, do it. This run game was, uh, I don't say non-existent. Brees didn't get 10 carries for 40 yards. Dalvin, 7 for 13. Not really effective on the ground. They had 26 total team carries for 79 yards. Everything was in the air with 301 yards passing, as I mentioned, with Zach Wilson. Connecting with Garrett Wilson for 9 for 108 on his 14 targets. Brees also got very involved out of the backfield. 8 for 86 and 1 touchdown. Conklin, 4 for 57. Uh, record actually got himself a little run to it. Three catches on three targets for 37 yards. And of course, the, the thing that shocked everybody was uh, Randall Cobb caught a touchdown. His uh, one catch, one target, 15 yards and a tutter. Happy man, I guess. So that was uh, that was exciting to see Randall Cobb out there. Maybe maybe him and Zach Wilson have been building some rapport um, while they uh, while he's been on the bench. So this is kind of what you're going to get from the Jets going forward. Brees Hall, obviously, Garrett Wilson, obviously, those are those are must starts that you just ride it out with whatever production you're going to get. Um, Tyler Conklin is one. Again, if you have zero tight end or it's one that you're willing to play, like he's going to get some targets. He got six targets in this one. And if you're in a tight end premium, you're probably excited about four catches for 57 yards. I mean, it probably got you double digit points. You're you're stoked. You're loving life right now. That's that's kind of what you expect. And maybe Tyler Conklin can get himself in the end zone going forward. So uh, he might be a, a safety valve when there's a lot of coverage on on Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. So he may be that third option for this team that could uh, could net you some you know some value in the fantasy playoffs. On the flip side of the ball, really the moral of the story here is I don't really care about the offense other than you know Devin Singletary dominated the backfield. 13 carries, 65 yards, one touchdown. Damian Pierce only had four carries for nine yards. I guess that's a wrap for the Damian Pierce uh, experiment. Devin Singletary looked like the better back. It may just be the health situation, but Devin Singletary did take the early down role um, and was significantly involved. Uh, Darian Gubawale was the second leading like receiving option out of the backfield. Uh, when it when it came to the running back position, Damian Pierce four routes run, one target, four carries. So this was this was Devin Singletary's backfield. Obviously, the main thing of note: injuries here. Injuries. Uh, CJ Stroud in concussion protocol right now. So we we really want to make sure that he is going to be healthy going forward. Um, if he is not cleared to play, they did have Davis Mills come in and start. It, Again, if you need quarterback play, it seems like there's a lot of banged up quarterbacks out there. He's probably on the lowest end of the list for me. I just don't really want to go see Dougie Mills out there chucking the rock around against the the Tennessee Titans, the the Browns, and then the Titans again. Can he do it? Maybe. Maybe, I guess that's the answer because the Titans, I guess that's the, the their weakness is that secondary, but not super stoked about it. I guess if you want to add him tentatively, feel free. Not someone I'm putting in a lineup. Um, and then if anything, it's more or less blocking somebody else from uh, from acquiring a quarterback if they're in, in need of, of uh, a start this week. So that's one to want monitor as well. 
Dalton Schultz was out this game as well. So he missed a second straight game to, due to his hamstring injury. So we had Brevin Jordan step in um, and he basically just took over that exact same role that Schultz had. So against Schultz going forward, may monitor his health and see if he's going to be back next week. And then we had one more injury and this was the Nico Collins injury. So his calf, he left and did not return. Um, again, these are all going to be situations to monitor. This may be a Noah Brown led receiving core. Noah Brown may be the guy to have on this pass or out of the pass catchers going forward. Who knows? It could, it could end up being Dalton Schultz if he can get back and, and be healthy. So, um, you know, the, for the most part, Houston did stick with, uh, Brown woods and Hutchinson actually got involved in this one as well. So when you really look at the the snaps and the routes run, Xavier Hutchinson had 41 snaps, 23 routes run on three targets. Robert Woods, 28 routes run, three targets. Noah Brown, 27 routes run, six targets. Mechie with 16 routes run and five targets. Ah, it, Brevin Jordan, you know, 26 routes run with three targets. So this is really where where you're you're kind of hunting for production at. And it just doesn't feel good. It hasn't felt good, but CJ Stroud has managed to to carry this wide receiver core. Uh, throughout the year so maybe uh, you have some some robert woods hope or some noah brown hope in best ball but i do not want to start any of these guys especially if cj stroud is out you just hopefully you have better options hopefully you have better options if uh if stroud is out nico collins miss as well but again situations to monitor you kind of know the names at this point not super exciting you don't want to plug and play any of these guys into your lineup so uh best ball sure take a shot enjoy it see exactly what happens going forward and and, and how that's going to work out for you but i mean that, that really wraps up this one not really a lot to to touch on other than the injuries to to continue to monitor uh going into the week and then we'll get into the the minnesota vikings and the las vegas raiders this one here again injuries ugly backup quarterback performances i mean i'm considering aoc a backup at this point because he he was and he is uh three to nothing three to nothing don't really care about anything i'm not going to touch on any fantasy performances because it doesn't matter it doesn't matter other than justin jefferson getting hurt uh he did get taken to the hospital he is okay he is considered a, a possibility to play this week something again to to really keep an eye on we we did see you know uh, Dobbs get benched at uh, at a point in this game as well. So Nick Mullins came in and went nine for thirteen. Again, if you need quarterback desperation help, maybe Nick Mullins is someone you you grab. He's been grabbed up in a lot of places over the past week or two as well. So Nick Mullins probably getting uh, getting the opportunities going forward. Flip side, the Raiders. We did see Josh Jacobs get banged up. No true update on him quite yet, other than I believe it's a quad injury. Um, you know, them losing this week puts him at five and eight long shot for the playoffs. He went 13 for 34. Uh, Devonte Adams went seven for 53. It is what it is. This, this is again, backup quarterback play. This is what you're expecting to have inconsistencies, uh, on and a three to nothing game. Woohoo. You know, really again, Adams highlighted it. Hawkinson five for 53. And, uh, let's, uh, let's move on. So we'll just skip that game and pretend it never happened again. Monitor Justin Jefferson's health. See if he is actually going to be back for that chest injury. So we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. Um, also monitor Alexander Madison's health. Forgot about that one ankle injury. And he did uh, leave in the third quarter, did not return. Ty Chandler took over that backfield. So that would be the one that you want to have going forward for Minnesota. 
again, it is what it is with these teams. You just take the production you can get and move on. And we're going to move on as well. And we're going to get into the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. For fantasy purposes in this one, the San Francisco 49ers went out there and had a lot of fun. This is a, a fun offense you want pieces of. You don't really know week in and week out which ones are going to pop for you. This week you had, I want to say, almost everybody. So exciting times. Brock Purdy, 19 for 27, 368 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. CMC had 16 carries for 145 yards. The real injuries to this team were the backups. So they kind of relied on their core position players a lot in this one. Uh, Debo, 7 for 149 and uh, in a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk, 6 for 126. George Kittle, 3 for 76 and a touchdown. Everyone went out and and did the damn thing against the Seahawks. Uh, secondary itself has been subpar this year, so the Seahawks defense is beatable, and we got to see that firsthand. 49ers are just the better team here. On the flip side, Seahawks did have Drew Locke in, Geno Smith out uh, from this game. He was a game-time decision, I, mean, I guess game-day decision, but they did end up going with Drew Locke. He went 22 for 31, two touchdowns, two picks on 269 yards passing. This uh, backfield was more of a split now with Kenneth Walker out there. He had eight carries to Charbonnet's nine. An efficient day for Walker, only having 21 yards to Charbonnet's 44. But in the receiving game, Tyler Lockett did lead this team in receiving six for 89. DK had two for 52. Again, Drew Lock, backup QB performances. I've watched enough Drew Lock to know like it was exciting at first. We got to see him out there, had a nice pass to DK. Everyone got excited, got Noah Fant. A couple targets, a, you know, a couple catches as well. Uh, the juices were flowing, and then we saw what Drew Locke was, and it, and it is what it is. Like you know, same situation as all of the other names we've said. If you need a quarterback start, you know, maybe he's one you entertain uh, going out and acquiring because he's probably on a team. They do go up against the Eagles secondary next, and then they go on the road to uh, to the Tennessee Titans, and then they have the Steelers in Week 17. All matchups that are aren't awful in fact if anything i think all of those matchups are like bottom five secondaries so if you're looking at gino the pass catching weapons you're a little bit more excited the eagles run defense is very good so that's going to be a tough matchup next week but hey you know we're not here to watch the seahawks win we are here for fantasy wins and that is what i hope we see here good performances out of these pass catchers and the quarterbacks going forward for the seahawks and then the 49ers on the other side of, of things, again, monster game, their future. They have the Cardinals next week, then the Ravens for that big Monday night game in week 16, and then the Commanders. So if you have 49ers on your team in the this fantasy playoff run, you're, you're pretty stoked. Hopefully no one falls flat on their face. But if you have a piece of that action, you're you're so excited right now because those matchups are are juicy and and hopefully everyone can continue to stay involved uh, with this team. We'll get into the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, the talk of the town this week was Kadarius Tony lining up offsides, uh, Mahomes getting frustrated and, and like that saying that they don't call it, even though they have called that penalty 11 times this year. And it was like, I believe two and one in the past couple of years, they made an emphasis on calling that penalty and they called it rightfully. So it was, he lined up offsides technically. Like was it, was it fractional? Sure. The bottom line, according to the rules, they could throw the flag. They did throw the flag. Yes. It ruined uh, an exciting game ending play. 
but you know what? That's just that's just what you live with. Uh, maybe this will be motivation for for Kansas City going forward to to go out there and and just dominate this this uh, remaining schedule that they have. Just looking at their playoff record or their playoff schedule, they do have the Patriots next week, then the Raiders and the Bengals. All of those are going to be uh, winnable games. And then when you really look at the the Raiders and the Bengals, those uh, those should be really good fantasy matchups. Patriots, you just never know that that defense can show up and and uh, kind of put a stop to some things. But yeah, relatively good schedule to 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 have going forward. When you really look at the the fantasy impact for the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes has has been okay this year. It hasn't been you know top three that you expect, but he did go twenty five for forty three, two seventy one, a touchdown, a pick. Uh, there was no Isaiah Pacheco in this one. CEH led the backfield with 11 carries for 39 yards. McKinnon got involved, four for 19. He scored a touchdown. Very, very similar to last year where uh, McKinnon showed up down the stretch, scored uh, scored a bunch of touchdowns, got involved in this offense. So if Pacheco is out, CEH and Jarek McKinnon will be, will be two that you, again, you want pieces of this offense for best ball as well. And I guess if you have to start McKinnon and, and CEH, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, receiving wise, you know, Kelsey, six for 83 on his 10 targets. Rasheed Rice also had 10 targets. He had seven for 72 and a touchdown. Very good performance from him. We've seen him excel and thrive in this offense. CEH got two for 29 on four targets. Kadarius Tony, three for 25 on four targets. But of course, everyone's going to remember. The play is what we'll call it. So uh, that that'll wrap that that side of things up. This is really what you're going to get from Kansas City going forward. A lot of variety in the pass catching game. When you're looking at the running back position, if it's if it is Ceh and uh, McKinnon, you're never really going to know who to start week in and week out. You probably don't want to have to start him, but if if they're getting volume, they're getting opportunity, take advantage of it. Maybe they can fall into the end zone. Flipping things over to the Bill side. We had Josh Allen go 23 for 42, 233, one touchdown, one pick. Uh, James Cook actually led this team in receiving five for 83. Outside of that, really, I guess you call it even distribution, but even distribution in the sense that no one had over 40 yards receiving other than James Cook. So uh, pass catching wise, it was 36, 25, 24, 21, 21, 12. And that was what you got out of Knox, Hardy, Diggs, Latbury, and Dalton Kincaid. So, yeah. Unfortunate for for fantasy performances. Good for the Bills for for getting a, a nice victory on the ground. James Cook ten for fifty eight. Josh Allen ten for thirty two. He had his touchdown on the ground as well. So this was a, a very good James Cook performance. He has been another one, you know, very similar to Rashad White that was kind of written off. Where it's like, oh, he's just not a good running back, and that's just everyone's opinion on who he is as a player. That very well may be true, but bottom line is he's getting involved. He's getting targets out of the backfield. He's leading the team in rushing outside of Josh Allen, of course. Uh, Ty Johnson still gets some some run and Lat Murray here and there. But for the most part, this is James Cook's backfield going forward. He is also someone that is not going anywhere. They are not going to just let him go. So he's going to be involved in this offense. The pieces around him might change. But uh, that is that is someone that in the offseason, you might be able to acquire for a little bit cheaper, depending on what that team decides to do at that running back position. Other than that, again, this is just more of a chalk it up game. You know, it is what it is. You you take the L if you if you did. Hopefully, you, you didn't have your fantasy playoffs starting a week early, or if you did have them start early because you're in a copy league. Hopefully, those guys were on by. So uh, next week, the Bills do have 
the the Cowboys. So that is going to be another tough matchup. But to wrap things up, they do have the Chargers week 16 and then the Patriots week 17. See what the weather conditions are like, how that's going to look out going forward. But don't hate the matchup for that team. In the end, they need some additional weapons. They 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 need to make some adjustments on this team, whether that's coaching. Gabe Davis is a free agent. Looks like they've they've involved Dalton Kincaid. So let's see some additional weapons on that team to take some pressure off of Diggs and Josh Allen. And hopefully we can see a full locked and loaded Bills team going forward. But for these fantasy playoffs, you take what you get. Diggs did have 12 targets, didn't do a whole lot with them. So uh, that's pretty much going to wrap us up for the Chiefs and the Bills. And again, monitor Isaiah Pacheco's shoulder injury. Did not practice all week. Sounds like he could actually miss some more time uh, based on some of the, the things coming out of Kansas City that he may be out next week and potentially the week after. So keep an eye on that situation. And um, yeah, let's get into the Denver Broncos and the LA Chargers. Oh, man. Broncos, yet again, finding a way to win 24 to 7. Uh, Russell Wilson threw two touchdowns in this one. He had 21 to 33 for 244 with those two touchdowns and a pick. Javante Williams led the backfield going 17 for 66 and a touchdown. And then the receivers, it was it was Cortland Sutton. He had three for 62 and a touchdown. That's all you really want. Jerry Judy had two for 16. P. Ryan, three or five for 36. It's just going to be an inconsistent performance out of these pass catchers other than Cortland Sutton. That's just Russ's go-to. You want Javante, you want Cortland, and you want Russ. We'll move on to the other side because that's really where people care. Another one bites the dust, man. Another one bites the dust. Justin Herbert went out in this one. Fractured finger. He's seeing a couple specialists, getting some other opinions on what to do, but it sounds like he's having finger surgery. Um, no official timeline given on him, but there's a good shot he's missing a few weeks at the very least. And this team is in a situation where they're probably missing the playoffs. You might as well just shut him down. Easton Stick did come in in relief, going 13 for 24 for 179 yards. No touchdowns, no picks. The backfield, we got to see. They, they did say they were going to shake up the backfield a little bit. We saw a little bit more efficiency out of Austin Eckler in the run game, going 10 for 51. Did score a touchdown. Good to see for, for us uh, Austin Eckler owners. Uh, in the passing game, QJ got involved on his four targets. He got three for 91. Majority of that was on a 57-yarder. Keenan Allen had 12 targets, six for 68. And then it was Austin Eckler again, five for 49. So this is kind of the distribution you want to see for Eckler. 100 yards total on the day, five catches and a touchdown. That was great. Love to see it. You know, a backup quarterback may be targeting the running back a little bit more because it's going to be his safety valve. So. Austin Eckler down the stretch here could have some monster performances. Finally, for, for people that have banked on him all year, might actually pay off in the playoffs. The, the, the playoff stretch that they do have, they have the Raiders next week, then the Bills, then this Broncos team again. You know, again, pass catching wise, I really only want Keenan Allen, and then you really want Austin Eckler, Easton Stick, same old song and dance. Adam, if you got a roster spot, block him from somebody else you probably don't want to start him if you don't have to 
you know, they play the Raiders. We could see another three to nothing game that they had against uh, the Vikings this week. So, man, oh, man, you know, if you have Keenan Allen, you're a little concerned. He is going to get some targets. Hopefully he can do enough with those targets to to be productive for fantasy purposes. And, and again, like I say that Austin Eckler could be a safety valve for this team. I hope I want to see it. He did have seven targets in this game. I want to see that, but it is a backup quarterback. It will be very interesting how this offense actually rolls out uh, and does anything. Just the big note, another big, big time quarterback goes down. Uh, Justin Herbert owners in shambles. As I mentioned earlier in the show, I did trade for Justin Herbert just prior to these matchups. Uh, gave up some some Devi picks and players and uh, man, oh, man, it hurts. It hurts being on the on the hunt for a quarterback yet again. But hey, sounds like there's a, a few options out there on waivers if I have to to take them and pick them up here in best ball leagues. Boy, oh, boy, I hope it stops. I hope for all of us, the injuries stop because I am sick and tired of seeing them and talking about them week in and week out. So we'll move on to the the Sunday night game where we had the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. And this was a divisional matchup, big time game. Everyone was super excited to see what the Cowboys and the Eagles looked like head to head. Well, the Eagles didn't show up. That's that's just the bottom line. Hertz was 18 for 27, 197 yards total. Swift only 39 yards on the ground. AJ Brown nine for 94. Okay, fantasy performances for for AJ Brown. Uh, Smitty had five for 73 again. Okay, like they they still got the volume. Cowboys just uh are a little different. That defense just a little bit different. Jalen Hurts didn't throw any picks. He did lose a fumble again. A.J. Brown lost a fumble. Devonta Smith lost a fumble. This team just couldn't stop turning the ball over. Ended up being 33-13 Cowboys, and they they ran away with it. Not really a big deal in the grand scheme of things for Philly. Yeah, it sucks to lose. Absolutely sucks to lose. They've had a a rough back-to-back weeks here, losing to the uh, 49ers 42-19 and losing to the Cowboys 33-13. Awful, but you want to know something? You want to know something? What's really great for you Eagles fans is all you got to do is win out. All you got to do is win out. You control your own destiny. So as an Eagles fan, if you're listening to this, you, you still have hope. If you're a Cowboys fan, you're hoping they take another L to either the Seahawks, the Giants, the Cards, or the Giants as they wrap it up. But again, it's a fairly easy slate for what we're seeing from a lot of these teams. Uh, and you can bank on some big time fantasy performances. But the Giants, you know, hey, they, they keep showing up and, and, and winning football games some way, somehow. So that, that is one to uh, to not totally dismiss. But, hey, Eagles fans, you, you still got yourself a chance. Um, on the flip side of this one, obviously, the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, he's going to earn himself a very nice contract. He went 24 for 39, 271, two touchdowns, no picks. Pollard, 16 for 59. Dowdle, 12 for 46. And he got the touchdown on the ground. In the air, Ferguson led the way with 72 yards receiving on five catches. Lamb, 71 with six catches. Uh, Lamb had a touchdown. Gallup also had a touchdown on his three catches for 48 yards. You know what? They just they just find a way to get everyone involved. Uh, this offense, I think, is way better than anyone anticipated. We kind of wrote off this team in this offense thinking it was going to take a step back. And if anything, Dak Prescott has just stepped up and shown the world 
he deserves to be in the conversation as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And he's playing that way. So kudos to this offense. You want pieces. You want Dak Pollard. You know, if you're in best ball or you have the opportunity, you need to start someone Rico Dowdle. Um, I do think that we're going to see a little bit more Brandon Cooks going forward. But hey, big thing too for, for Pollard, seven catches for 37 yards. Not not super significant, but he's getting the targets. And that's what you want to see. Uh, we want to see Tony Pollard getting involved in that pass game, chalking up some more points for us. So uh, great to see out of him finally. Again, it's been a rough season for Pollard as we've kind of broken things down. So that that ends the Sunday night slate. Now, we did have two Monday night games to get into. So we will get into the first one, which is going to be the, uh, I'm going to call them the Tyreek Hills, the, the Miami Dolphins going up against the Tennessee Titans. And this game just ended, ended in a way I don't think many anticipate. Now, looking at some of the, the Titans' performances, we're going to kick things off there. Will Levis did go 23 for 38 for 327, one touchdown, one pick, uh, led the, the game-winning drive. Uh, Derrick Henry had 17 carries, 34 yards, but he found the end zone twice, so you're all very excited if you have Derrick Henry scoring those two touchdowns. However, Tajay Spear is really where th- this one was at for the uh, – for the running backs, he had seven for 29, so nothing to write home about. But he did get involved in the pass game, six catches, 89 yards on eight targets. D Hop led this though with seven for 124 and a touchdown on his 12 targets. Fun game, uh, unfortunate for you Dolphins fans out there, but a very fun game for, for people that had nothing tied to this other than fantasy. Uh, I got to, you know, firsthand watch my draft pick of Peter's get, get improved. Love you, Pete. Sorry that uh, sorry that you had to take that L the way you did. But hey, man, you know what? I appreciate you uh, handing me your pick earlier. So, uh, <laughs> you know, a big, big shout out to uh, to DeAndre Hopkins for doing his thing. On the flip side, really is where the concern was. Tua was 23 for 33 for 240. Tyreek Hill left this game for a good chunk of time. Uh, he did get. You know, the hip drop tackle did run off the field, you know, ran to the other side, was hyping up the crowd, but he did miss some significant time, did come back in this, have four catches, 61 yards on five targets. Seems like he's going to be okay. Monitor his status. We'll see, you know, if there's any reports on what's actually going on, but he did return to play. So next week and beyond, I feel like we're going to, to see some Tyreek Hill. He obviously wants to get to 2000 yards, getting 61 today. Not necessarily what you want to see. I believe that puts him at uh, fifteen hundred and forty-two yards. So he does have, you know, a good four hundred and seventy-eight to go over the remaining four games. Absolutely possible. Absolutely possible for Tyree Kill, especially given the fact that the Dolphins. So they did you have the Jets, which he put up a hundred-yard performance against a couple weeks ago. Uh, Cowboys again can be boom bust. We'll see exactly how they decide to cover him, and then the Ravens. Um, and then they do have the bills at the very end, which is not fantasy related, but Tyreek Hill is, is matchup proof in the end. And that's, that's really what it comes down to. We did see, as I mentioned, Jalen Waddle lead this team in receiving since he was out there. Majority of this game, six catches for 79 yards. I, again, Raheem Mostert mentioned him earlier, as far as a guy that people acquired all year last year for, for thirds. And just because he was 31 and thought it, this was a wrap. <laughs> This man had 21 carries, 96 yards, two touchdowns. Devon Achan, seven for 47. I mean, there you go. 
Achan did get the passing work. He had nine targets. Achan had nine targets in this. Five for 24. So not a zero there either. You love you love seeing that. The, the big play production just didn't come for, for him in this one. Um, he did have a couple uh, good plays, but nothing to, you know, crack that 70 yarder or 50 yarder for for a touchdown so that's just uh what you get you have a-chan you have Mostert, tyree kill jalen waddle said williams to get involved in this with uh four catch or sorry four targets for 30 yards no one you really want to add Tua got rocked a little bit so there is i don't say concern but uh he, he was fine into the game no concussion issues that's that's pretty much it but man fun game 28-27, Titans find a way to win this. I do think if Tyreek Hill is out there, I mean, it was basically non-existent. That, that uh, Dolphins offense was absolutely non-existent when Tyreek was not out there. So, yeah, you need that man to be healthy if you're a Dolphins fan, if you expect him to make a run. Um, and for your fantasy championships, like that's that's that dude. He is that dude. He is him. And if you're missing that guy or if his he's not going to be fully healthy down the stretch, that is going to be a significant hit to your fantasy teams. Now, we did see uh, Traylon Burks getting some involvement. I just want to kind of note him real quick here just because he was on the field a bit more. 46 snaps, 31 routes run, only got two targets. Y- you just hope for him in the future. But right now, he's a bunch of hopium. So that that is what it is. Maybe he gets involved more down the stretch. But he did actually, you know, finally handle a majority of those passing down snaps after only seeing the play of the field for 10 plays last week. So that will wrap up game one. And game two was going to be the Packers and the New York Giants. And another game that no one really thought the Giants would win. And yet they go out there, find a way to beat the Green Bay Packers. Tommy DeVito, man. What what else is there to say? Tommy DeVito going out there. Brandon keeps talking about him like he's like Lynn Sanity, right? Like it's just the, the hype and the excitement. It's a good story, but there's really there's nothing there. He was 17 for 21, 158 yards, a touchdown. In the passing game, we did get to see Wandale get involved. He was had seven targets, six for 79. He led the team in receiving. Isaiah Hodgins came away with a touchdown on his 22 yards. But Saquon Barkley uh, led this backfield, of course. He had 20 for 86, two touchdowns on the ground. Four targets in the air, 15 receiving yards on those three catches. So again, good Saquon involvement, great Saquon touchdowns. Tommy DeVito also running the ball. He had 10 for 71. So doing the thing with his legs too. It's sure if you have DeVito, I, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Forget it. Let's just let's just let it roll. Let's just let the story continue. You got the Saints, you got the Eagles, you got the Rams for the fantasy playoffs. Why not? Why not? You know, he's he's one of the better backup options out there. Uh, he's he's at least been productive he can run like that's exciting he can run and then you know the rest of the team though is just saquon i i I guess wandale if you have him on on a best ball team but like i'm not wanting to put him in my lineup week in and week out not at this point not right now uh love wandale hope for the best for his career but you know he he had seven targets this week five last week four the week before not a lot of consistency and this offense as a whole just isn't good so there's that. Uh, they did they did top the Packers, of course. Jordan Love on the other side of the ball, 25 for 39, 218, touchdown pick. A.J. Dillon led the backfield with no Aaron Jones. Monitor his situation going forward if Jones may be back. 
But again, this is such a Packers team that's now six and seven. Uh, so losing this week, not not great for for their their playoff hopes. Uh, they still are in the mix, of course. So see what what the split looks like going forward if uh, if Jones does come back. But this is AJ Dillon's backfield right now. He also got involved in the passing game with three targets, two catches, twenty five yards. Tucker Craft led this team in receiving on his four targets, caught all those balls for sixty four yards. The rest was a split of tw- what six different players that had twenty yards, six different players that had twenty yards. Sheesh. So they they did have even distribution. You just hope one pops for you. You hope one pops for you. Um, Jaden Reed did have the rushing touchdown. He had four carries for 38 yards and a touchdown. So he's probably the the best pass catching option you have right now with no Christian Watson. Of course, that dude just cannot stay healthy. But uh, Jaden Reed, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, potentially, and Jordan Love, you're just hoping down the, the stretch here for the playoffs that they find a way to put it together week in and week out. They have the Bucks next week, Panthers and Vikings, all winnable games, all games they could fall on their face on outside of the Panthers, I would assume. But um, yeah, again, just chalk it up. This is this is that Packers offense. You're going to have weeks where you're, you're comfortable starting some guys. You're going to have weeks where you're just hoping and praying. Fine for best ball. That's, that's what I keep saying. Fine for best ball. Don't want to have to start anyone besides Jaden Reed in that pass catching role. Tucker Craft down the stretch here should have a role uh, as we're seeing. So again, happy to have him. If you're streaming some tight end options here, but that wraps up our week 14. We are, we are now on to the fantasy playoffs for, for most people. If you're not already there, the fantasy playoffs are here. Unless you play in one of those weird leagues that, that lets you play week 16 through 18 for the championship. And uh, you should just, you know, orphan those teams uh, in the off season. So yeah, it is crunch time, you know, Trade deadlines are pretty much passed. If you have them, again, there's some opportunities to make some moves. Hit us up um, at Trophy Chase TFDR on X, at Cody Smith TFDR on X, so that you can you know ask us some of your questions, start sits, maybe some waiver things. Cody's going to drop his waiver wire article as well, uh, I believe, today as you're listening to this. So make sure you are on DestinationDevy.com to check that out. If you want to improve your fantasy skills, you got to be part of the Destination Debbie community. DestinationDebbie.com. Make sure you can find a way into the Discord if you're, if possible, get get into the DTI five tier, the Heisman tier. Best place to be in fantasy. It will change your game forever. And you might think that the off seasons right now, right? Like, oh, I missed my playoffs. This is a wrap. This is the time to join. This is the time to ask your questions, start learning your process, developing a process, honing it in, and making sure that you can start dominating. When your trade windows open back up, when your free agency windows open back up, start building that knowledge now, asking the questions and really taking your fantasy football game to the next level. Have to be part of the Destination Debbie. Cannot stress that enough. Uh, Big shout out to Scott. He has dropped his roster construction series, dropped the wide receivers this week. Great listen, uh, as always. So make sure you do check out that, as well as the past uh, four weeks that he has dropped that one for us. So make sure you tune in. We're going to start diving into the offseason. You know, we have we do have the holidays coming up here. We have fantasy playoffs coming up. So there's a lot of uh, kind of downtime, so to speak. But it's, it's prospect season. Is that 24 class? It's looking at 25. It's it's starting to to find out who's going to the senior bowl, uh, who who's declaring, who's going back. What does this class actually look like? We think the 24 class is going to have uh, some some great talent, some top end talent, maybe some solid depth 
as well at the wide receiver and quarterback positions and even tight end. So that is going to be, uh, you know, remains to be seen, but that is what's coming up here. here Cody and I will be able to dive into a lot more things than just overreactions and, and weekly recaps. So we're, we're looking forward to that as well having some of those conversations so again hit us up find us in the discord at trophy chase at c smith tfdr when he is in uh in discord so make sure you find us there thank you so much for joining us here on the overreaction podcast